when troubleshooting booting issues with your system, you have basically two options. So let's say your system is not booting and it's not starting up and you have problems. If, if, if your system can find at least the root file system, then you can go into single user mode and fix the problem. And usually you do this by editing um, configuration files such as the fstab file or the grub.com file. Um, if you can't find the root file system, then your only other option is to go into rescue mode and from rescue mode to fix your system. Um, so I'm going to show you uh, both cases. So let's start first with going into single user mode. So I'm going to go ahead and start my virtual machine. Okay, to go into single user mode, basically what you have to do is you have to add a parameter to the to the grub here. When you get to the grub part here, you press the letter A to modify the kernel parameters and you get this screen. And right after quiet, you want to put the number one. So it goes into single user mode. Then I'm going to go ahead and press enter. And it should start up. Okay, we'll wait for the system in, to boot into uh, run level one. Like I said before, once you're in run level one, then you can edit files. So a few weeks ago when we were working with the fstab file, a few students had um, incorrect formatting of the, the, the home or the labels and partitions and things like that, and their system was not booting. So this is how you would go into single user mode and then uh, edit that file and fix it or comment out the lines that you're not sure about. Um, another thing um, that you can do from single user mode is let's say you forgot your root password and you needed a root password again of course and what you would do is you would go into single user mode and then run the passwd command to uh, reset that password. When you're in single user mode, they put you in a shell and you're already logged in, so you don't have to log in or know the root password. So that's a nice feature. Now that's also can be dangerous and insecure if um, you have people around your data center that could change your root password. So what most administrators do with uh, production systems is put a bootloader password on Grub so that before they can change anything on Grub, they would have to put in a password. And that gives you a little bit more security there. And, prevents you from uh, other people changing your root password. But if, if you're going to take the Red Hat exam, the RHCT or the RHCE, um, they'll give you a machine and basically it, you will have to reset the password, the root password. And this is how you would do it. Okay, so I'm waiting here. We're almost there.
Okay, it says enter in run level one. Okay, looks like we're at the prompt now. So let's say I forgot my root password. I could type the pass wd command here on root, or I don't have to type root because it's the default user. So I could change it. And now I have a new root password. Um, if you had prompts your fstab file, then you could fix it from here. And the way you would do that is you would go to uh, cdetc bifstab. You would be I that file. And let's say you knew you weren't sure about this label here for home. So you could put a comment in there and then save it and then try booting again and see if that fixed the problem. Um, that would be one way to fix that. Um, but in my case, uh, my. Um, if it's tab is okay, so I'm going to exit and not save the changes. Another file that um, could be corrupted that won't allow your system to boot is the grub file, which is the bootloader file configuration. And that is bietcgrub.conf. This file actually exists in the boot directory, but there's a link in etc for it. So let's go there. And there is my grub file. So if, for example, um, you install a new kernel and somehow things got messed up on this file you could you would go into your backup get your other file and bring it over here and replace this one and then try to boot again and see if that was the issue um, for this demo what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna um, I'm gonna go to the sbin directory and I'm gonna ls the init file this is a very important file that your system uses for uh, the whole boot process and initializing all the services. So if I delete this file, we're going to have big issues and my system won't boot and we will have to go into rescue mode to fix this. So I'm going to delete it and show you how we would fix something like this if your init file got corrupted. So I'm going to copy init to the var just to have a copy then I'm going to rm init from here make sure I'm in sbin yes now I'm going to do sync sync actually writes that to the file system so um, normally you don't have to run that but it's always safe to do it just to make sure you change what went through so from here We'll see what happens. Okay, so it's going to go into run level three now. And in it already was loaded in memory, so it's still there. So once I get there, I'm going to I'm going to restart the system or I should be able to do a BM send control delete. 
and it cannot execute in it because it's not there. Okay, so we'll just have to wait. So we'll wait for init3 to start, and from then I'm gonna go to var init and do a restart from there. And then when it tries to boot again, we'll see how it has uh, runs into problems. So I'll, we'll just wait. While this is happening, what I'm going to do is I'm going to show you a different screen and I'm going to show you how to troubleshoot a network uh, problem. Okay, so let's say you, you were trying to FTP a file from the FTP server, but you couldn't. For some reason, your system wasn't, do, wasn't going there and getting the file. So how would you go about troubleshooting the problem? The first thing I would do is run the ifconfig command on ETH0, which is your interface. And now you would see that you have an IP address, which is a good sign. And uh, so you know you have an IP address and you have packets that are coming in and out. So that's good. So then the next step would be to run the MIII tool and see that you have a link. And the link is OK and negotiated at 100 base TX. So that's good. So knowing that you have a good link, the next thing would be to ping the server. Ping basically just checks to see if the server is up, the one that you're going to. Because now we know that our system looks good, so now we need to ping the other server. So you would do ping ftp.csc570e.edu. See, and now I ping it, so I know it's coming back with reply, so it looks like it's okay. So then I, I, I know that I can ping it and get to it. Um, if you can ping it, then you know you don't have a problem with your routing tables. But if that IP was on a different network, you could do netstat minus rn to make sure that you have a default gateway, which in my case is the correct one. So I'm OK there. So um, if, if, if let's say you didn't have an IP address here when you did an ifconfig, the first thing I would do would be to do a service network restart to restart your network interface, which basically if you're using DHCP will query the DHCP server and try to get an IP. If, if you still didn't get an IP, then there's a possibility that the DHCP server is down. So what I would do next is go in and uh, try to put a manual IP just to be safe and then try again to do the pinging. Here in mine, I don't have any issues, so my pings came back. but Let's say you didn't have an IP here, then your pings wouldn't come back, so you knew it was your network. So you, I would try to restart it if it didn't work. Then uh, the next logical step would be to um, um, to try after you restart the network to we need to put a manual IP to to see if if uh, if it's due to the DHCP not getting uh, any packets back. Another thing you could do would be to tell minus 100 the var log messages just to make sure that your DHCP request went through and that um, there was an error there that could also help you there. Um, if 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 it, it it could be DNS also, so it could be that you're not resolving your your hostname to your IP address. So what you could do is. Uh, try to ping the IP address instead of the host name. So you would ping 192 
168, 118, that one. So let's say when you did a ping on FTP.CSC570E, that edu and you didn't get any pings back but then when you did the ip you did get pings back then you would know it's your dns server so then you could go to your etcresolve.conf and see what dns servers you have currently there and change those accordingly so i know some of you have had some network problems before and um, sometimes when i reboot the server the dhcp doesn't come up so next time uh, you run into issues with the network uh, this is how you would go about um, uh, try to troubleshoot those. So now let's go back and see we're on init level 3. So I'm going to go ahead and log in. And I'm going to do a var, var init 0 to shut down. Now remember we deleted the init from sbin init which is the default location. So uh, once we boot this system, uh, it won't start properly, so we will see that. Okay, so we're here now, and the next thing we need to do is um, try to start the system again and see if we run into any issues. Uh, I'm expecting that we will because we're missing the init file, but let's wait and see. I'm going to go ahead and press enter to speed this up. Gonna uncompress the kernel. Now I could have deleted another important file such as the mount file and basically you would do the same thing that I'm doing now to recover the init uh, executable and hopefully the error that we get will give us a clue as to what the problem is Okay, we'll wait a couple more minutes. See if we see any errors. So far it's looking good. Oh, there we go. It says, kernel panic, no syncing, attempting to kill init. No such file or directory. 
okay no such file or directory attempting to kill init so you know something's wrong with your init file so at this point you want to shut down your VM what we need to do is go into rescue mode and to go into rescue mode we have to put the first CD of the Red Hat installation uh, the, uh, CD and in our case we don't have CDs but we have this installation um, tree on the network on an FTP server so I'm gonna go here into the CD-ROM and I'm gonna tell it to connect and power on and I'm gonna use this boot.iso image which is the same ISO that we use to install the OS and uh, what I have to do now is power it on and tell the BIOS to boot from the CD so I have to press escape here to boot from the CD and that would be number three to boot from the CD-ROM which is my ISO boot the ISO and from there I'm gonna go to the network to start the rescue mode but first I have to type here Linux rescue if I didn't type anything it would start the installation of Linux but since I have problems I'm gonna go into Linux rescue mode so Linux rescue is gonna go ahead and start again the reason we're doing Linux, Linux rescue mode is because we can't find the root file system um, this wouldn't work if we went into single user mode because the init command uh, we need the init command to get into init one so we have to go into rescue mode to fix this problem So it's going to load the drivers and then it's going to ask me where where is the installation file so English US keyboard and where are the installation files in my case they're from FTP I want on DHCP IP and the FTP site name is FTP and it's under pub red hat 4 this is basically similar to what we did when we did our installation the only difference is that we put Linux rescue at the boot so it goes into rescue mode Now what it's going to do is going to mount the root file system under MNT sysimage. Okay, and we're going to have to run the chroot command to move into the standard directory tree. Because we won't be in standard directory tree, we'll be, the root file system will be under mount sysimage. So we need to run chroot mount sysimage to move into standard directory tree. So we'll wait a couple minutes, it's going to try to detect uh, here we're going to tell it to continue. Continue basically tells it to uh, to find any installations and to make them uh, writable. So I'm going to hit continue. It's going to search. It's going to find our installation and it's going to put it on Mounts' image. So that's good. So the first thing you want to do is you want to do a ch root 
mounts this image. And from here, what we want to do is um, try to recover our um, init file, which we're going to have to um, basically get the RPM for it and try to reinstall it so it copies it back to where it needs to be. So what we're going to do is um, we are going to go to, let's see, we're in the what directory? We're going to go into the root directory. Okay, and here you would FTP to FTP that's CSC 570E that first here's what we need to do first first we need to figure out where um, what RPM contains the 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 uh, init file so uh, to do that we run the command RPM minus QF has been init and this will tell us what RPM we need to install the init. And it's the sysvinit RPM. So what we're going to do is we're going to FTP to ftp.csc570e.edu. We're going to log in as anonymous. Anonymous. We're going to go into pub. We're going to go into red hat. We're going to go into four. We're going to go into red hat. We're going to go into RPMs. So this is the directory where all the RPMs are. So I'm going to put um, binary because it's a binary file. I'm going to put prompt so it doesn't prompt me. And then I'm going to do mget sysvv sysv star to get everything that starts with sysv. Okay, it looks like it copied. So now I'm going to quit. We'll wait for my prompt to come back. We'll do an LS. And we should see that now we have the RPM there, and we do. So now we have to install it. So we do RPM minus UVH. We're going to update it because it's already installed. And we have to pass the force command because it, otherwise it's going to tell us it's, it is already installed. So here we type the whole thing. Sysv init dash 2. That eight five dash three four dot three that I three eighty six that RPM. So we go ahead and run that. It's gonna have scriptlet failed. Let's see if you put it there. Ls has been init. And it did put it there, so we're in good shape. So what I'm going to do now is I'm going to exit. And I'm going to do a control D to exit. It's going to try to boot again, and this time it should work.
Hit enter, enter. And it should go into run level three like normal, and we shouldn't get that error again. Um, as you can see, uh, this is one way to recover a corrupted file, which uh, sometimes is the init file, sometimes is the mount, it could be other things missing. Um, but it's always a good idea to keep a backup of your etc directory because that's where your configuration files are. And if you need to go into um, uh, run level one and fix it from there from single user mode, that's one way to recover it from there. But um, the executables, you really don't need them because uh, like in this case, when we lost the init file, I went in and got the RPM for it and basically reinstalled it. So here you can see that init is now booting and uh, we don't have any problems anymore. Yes, and it, and it booted okay, so we're in good shape.